Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do here monthly on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as on most major podcasting platform. Simply look up Mario's Minute and you should hopefully be able to find it. If you do check it out on YouTube, you're more than welcome to, but it's kind of just, you know, the art photo that I have for my channel and stuff with a cool looking visualizer laid on top of it. At least I think it's pretty cool looking. Anyways, this is kind of just a secondary podcast I do where once a month I come on here and I talk about whatever the hell I want to. I do try to alternate where sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't, and this is going to be a guestless episode. We're just going to be flying solo right here, and we can just go ahead and get straight into this. So first of all, you know, maybe uh, let's not start this off with uh, something nice. No, Uh, let's go ahead and start this off with a a little bit of something gross, something disappointing, something that is rant worthy, I guess, or I I guess the closest that we can get to rant. You see, actually, that's even one thing kind of going on a tangent already before I even started the topic here. But I notice I don't really rant anymore. Sometimes, at least like offline, if I'm with friends and stuff, I I will suddenly get into something that will really irk me and I will start ranting. Uh, There's a few topics. One of them could be, uh, for example, in (laughs) this even happened before, but even in this current climate right now, uh, with people who are in public who use the bathroom and don't wash their hands, uh, that will very much irk me. And then if I'm in an area and I hear about people doing that, I will definitely get elevated. However, I just realized, you know, at least on YouTube, I really don't rant as much as I used to. So uh, we'll see how this is here. I feel like I've definitely calmed down in my older age here. I'm still young, but just getting older here because I've been doing this for a while. But either way, this is about the PlayStation 5. And this isn't even about, like, you know, the lack of features of the PlayStation 5 or uh, Sony ended up sending a cease and desist to debrand over their dark plates. Uh, That's definitely something extremely disappointing. So if you don't have the dark plates and you want to support, you know, what is going on here in terms of debrand, definitely pick up the dark plates 2.0. I'm not affiliated with debrand or anything. It'd be cool if I was, but I just, you know, I support that. I've personally already purchased the original uh, like dark plates before. I still haven't gotten to this topic, man. All right, let's just get to this, right? So the PS5 is still really hard to find, and I was actually able to get a hold of one myself. Now, um, I've actually been able to get a hold of some. Pretty much, I got a hold of one uh, thanks to Tristan or Taz, who was a guest on here two guests ago. I end up buying his PS5 used from him because he somehow has much better luck getting a PlayStation 5 than I do. Um, then I ended up getting another PS5 that I ended up kind of just shuffled around. I bought it from one of my friends. Um, Mike is his name. Shout out to Mike. I ended up buying it from him. He bought it at MSRP. He sold it to me at MSRP. And uh, it was a discless one that he mistakenly bought. And then I ended up selling that uh, at MSRP to one of my best friends, Sean, who's been here on the channel. Uh, so I, I literally just shuffled the money around and shuffled it to him at that point just to get him a system because he, he didn't care as long as he got a PS5. Uh, but then there was another one um, that I ended up getting. Um, this one is going to be a present, so I can't say for who, just in case they are listening, uh, but this one I was able to get through Best Buy, amazingly enough, before they end up kind of locking some PS5s behind that $200 paid membership paywall, whatever it is. Uh, shout out to Matt Swider, I believe, on Twitter, who I was following his notifications, and I got to Best Buy just before the site started crashing and breaking, so that was nice, but the point is, like, you can't just, like, 
go out. Like right now, if I wanted to get a Switch, I could just get into my car, go to a store, and have a pretty good chance of picking up a brand new Switch and coming home setting it up. Would it be the OLED model? Probably not. It would probably be the full model or especially the light model. But the point is there's no issue picking up a Switch at this point. But both the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are still hard to find. You can't just go to a store and buy one. You can't just go to a, um, you know, go to a website and get one. I have another rant about that as well, too, but I'll go ahead and talk to this. So uh, what ended up happening was this was within the past month, for sure. I ended up going to a shop um, that is kind of a chain that's all around. Uh, it, it can go by either Vintage Stock or Movie Trading Company. And they have to have the grossest PlayStation 5 sales tactic I've ever seen. It is slimy, it's gross, it's anti-consumer, I, I hate it. And if you see this, do not get a PS5 this way. I'm telling you all, do not get a PS5 this way. Because this is unacceptable right here. For If you're a scalper, alright, you can avoid the scalpers, whatever it is. I'm not going to support scalping here, but I'm saying if you don't want to buy from a scalper, you can avoid them. But this is a retail shop that is doing this. So this store is the only place that I've ever walked into and I've seen PlayStation 5 consoles in stock. Uh, and I've actually been there twice, um, somewhat recently here, and both times they had PS5s in stock. And I'll tell you why they have them in stock, right? So I saw them and I just asked like, oh, you, are those PS5s or is that just the boxes? And they said, no, those are the PS5s. We do have them in stock. And I asked how much they are, and they said, now granted, for a disc-based version, which is what most people are getting, which I'm fully supporting here, right? I don't want a digital-only future here when it comes to this, but for a disc-based version, they sell brand new for $500 MSRP. So you should not be paying more, the, the, the most you should be paying for a PlayStation 5 console alone is $500 US dollars plus tax plus maybe shipping if you have to pay for shipping that's the only thing that's kind of a maybe right there but even most places are going to do free shipping on there so let's just say 500 dollars plus tax that's what you should be paying in us dollars here they were selling ps5s for 750 dollars so already marking it up right but they did it as a bundle so they said yeah it is 750 dollars but you have to get an extra controller and two games and at first I was like, oh, actually, that's not a bad deal. You know, you get a PS5, then they force you. So, you know, just, just to kind of weed out the scalpers there, it's a PS5 console, and they force you to spend extra by getting two games and a controller. Uh, that's actually similar to what GameStop does. Now, I personally, I don't like GameStop. I don't like buying from the site. I don't like the bundles. But GameStop has done something good that does help to deter scalpers, where if you want to get a PS5, you might have to pay... $700 for example, but that $700 is going to get you like a year of PlayStation Plus, some PlayStation um, PSN network money, uh, maybe a game or two, maybe like $20, $30 worth of GameStop credit. But the point is when you buy that bundle, if you add everything up, you're paying the same price. They are making you buy extra stuff, but you're not paying anything extra for that. It's not like you add it up and you're like, wait a minute, I'm paying another $50 to have all this bundle together. No, no, no. You're probably buying stuff that you don't care for or don't need or don't need extras of. Like, if I have to buy a sports game, I'm not going to play that sports game. I don't want to play that sports game. But the point is... They're, if it's a $60 game, I'm just going to pay another $60 on what I'm doing, right? I'm not paying like $80 for a $60 game. Um, this is not that, unfortunately. You're buying a PS5 console plus two games at full retail value 
plus a second controller, which is fine, you know, you get a PS5, you want to get a couple games that you want to get an extra controller, go ahead. But on top of that, you're also paying an extra $250 as like a tip to them, just for the privilege of being able to buy a PlayStation 5 in store. So they even told me, they said, yeah, you have to pay, you have to, it's the PS5, the PS5 is $750, plus you have to buy two games, plus you have to buy a controller, and that's non-negotiable, even if you want to pay the extra $250 for the PS5, which I don't know why you would, uh, no, you can't do that, you have to get all that, so all together, that's about, including tax and all, that's about a thousand US dollars right there, and I was just like, Nope, not doing that. That's gross. I think I even said something like that out loud. And my friend who was with me, shout out Sean, he was laughing about that. And it's funny because he even had the same idea as me where he was thinking because he tried my PS5. He loved it. And he's like, dude, if this is $750 for the console plus two games plus a controller, like done, I'm buying it right now. But no, that was not the case. Uh, that has to be the sleaziest thing I've seen for a PS5 in a store. That is gross. I don't know if anybody else has seen that at all. If anybody has seen that with like, you know, anywhere else here. Um, but I was, I was shocked. I was disappointed. I was shocked. Um, I was just grossed out by that tactic overall. And from what I see, I don't think they're really moving their PlayStation 5s all that much. Or they're, they're moving them slowly, albeit, but... Don't support that is what I'm saying. If it's not vintage stock, if it's not movie trading company, um, if it's a scalper, you know, just well, what I'm saying is do not support that tactic. If you're going to be getting a PlayStation 5 console, you should be paying manufacturer suggested retail price plus tax plus possibly shipping. That's what you should be paying. So that was incredibly disappointing to see right there. I'm not sure how the rest of the scalping is going on this. I do know that... Um, when I end up getting my PlayStation 5 through Best Buy, the other one that is, you know, going to be a gift, um, there was some people who were saying, like, oh, does this mean that, you know, scalpers are going down? This is better. And I said, not really. Uh, if anything, I mean, October's finishing out right here. We're going to be going into November and then December, of course, like holiday season's going to be ramping up. No, if anything, the scalpers are just going to come out in droves even harder this time around. The difference is websites have had about a year at this point to implement as best they can, like verification methods, anti-scalping things, um, just, you know, even prevent their websites from crashing or slowing down that crashing. What I'm saying is all these websites have had ample time to prepare and buff up their resources so that the demand is still there, but there's less of a chance of bots getting these systems and there's more of a chance of real people getting the systems. Uh, but those real people can also be scalpers as well. I, I mean, I talked with someone who, this is a third party story, but I talked with someone who knows of someone, yeah, it's one of those, no, was someone who knows someone type things, uh, where this person works at Target, and apparently there is a dude who goes to this Target every single time they are stocked with PS5s, and he buys all of them, and he's just flipping them, and he's buying, I'm not talking about like one or two, he's buying 10 PS5s, 10 of them, like, I, that is, that is gross, even when it comes to that, like Target, they need to put a stop to that, or even these these stores, I know what some stores are doing, which I'd be more in support of this, do something where it's like, hey, when you buy one of these systems, you have to provide your driver's license or some other form of ID, and you can't buy another one of these systems for 30 days. So if you get a disc-based PS5, you have to provide your ID, you can't buy another disc-based PS5 from that store for 30 days. 
I, I don't see it. And, and limit one per person as well, too. So even if it's someone that's just like, hey, well, you know, I'm getting this PS5 for myself and I want to get a second one for my brother or my friend or my girlfriend or whatever it is. Cool. All right. You have to either go to another store or you have to wait another 30 days at minimum to get a PS5. I, I think that's fine. I've just been annoyed with the scalping overall. Um, the point is on there with all of my PS5s, I've played, I, I think for mine, I paid technically when, when it came down to it all. And shout out to Taz for this. Um, I think I paid a little less than MSRP. Um, so he might have lost maybe tens of dollars on it overall. Uh, but for my other two, I just paid MSRP for those ones, MSRP plus tax. And, you know, that's been how it's been. So another thing here that... uh was pretty cool to see uh, initially, and then I was just like, oh god, okay. Uh, this is with Kingdom Hearts, right? I, I very much enjoy Kingdom Hearts, uh, a series that's near and dear to me, and there's been some fantastic news. Uh, well, not only with Sora now in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, who is actually a character, I, I haven't played this yet, but he's actually a character that I had asked for, like, back in the uh, Wii U days, uh, with Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, uh, there was a survey that went out, and one of the questions was, who is a character that you would like in Smash, like a DLC character, and I actually voted Sora, so for years, and that's the only time I voted for a character, or, you know, put the name for a character, so I've been wanting Sora in Smash for years, and I think it's pretty fitting that I believe this is going to be the last DLC character added to Ultimate, and it's Sora, of all people, so... I do need to pick up the the Fighter's Pass or whatever. I don't know what the hell it's called. I need to get the DLC thing is what I'm saying for Smash. All right. I need to get that um, just to do it justice because I asked for Sora years ago. We got Sora. And now, you know, there's there's no other characters that are going to be coming out to uh, Ultimate. So we're all good with this. Uh, that was cool. But there was also another big announcement. The announcement is that every single Kingdom Hearts game is going to be on the Switch. So currently, uh, Melody of Memory is act or Melody of Memory is um, that is actually on the Switch like natively, but we're going to be getting Kingdom Hearts 1.5 uh, HD remix. We're going to be getting Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD remix, and we're going to be getting Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Prologue. So when it comes to 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8, that means that we're as well as you know Melody of Memories, we're going to be getting every single Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, they won't all be playable. Because I know there's two or three of the games across those collections that are instead just kind of like interactive cutscenes. They're not really games anymore, um, if that makes sense. I want to say it is um, Kingdom Hearts Chi, I want to say. And I want to say the other one is 358 and a half days. So those ones you kind of just have to watch and experience. You can't actually play them. However... The big downside to this is that they are going to be the cloud versions. So that means that only one Kingdom Hearts game is natively available on the system, which is Melody of Memories, which, you know, since that is a rhythm game, yeah, it kind of has to be, like, you know, there. It has to be, you can't have any delay on it is what I'm saying. Uh, but when it comes to the other ones, no, they're all the cloud-based versions. And uh, for me, myself, I'm, I'm against the cloud versions on here. Uh, I don't own any cloud games like that any cloud versions there are a few games that have released as cloud on the switch uh, i know control is on there uh, resident evil 7 is on there and there has to be one or two other games that are not coming to mind but this is another thing i'm going to say like kingdom hearts on switch great awesome like that's cool the idea has sounded awesome 
but when it comes down to this, I just don't like the cloud version. And for anybody who's even initiated here who doesn't know what I'm talking about, this means that the game is not natively running on the Switch. Essentially, you will purchase the game because it's going to be digital. There's no way it's going to be physical. You purchase the game, you get a license, and there's probably going to be a small download that you have to pull down from the server. Maybe 50, 100 megabytes, something like that. And it will show up on your home screen as an actual game, but it's more just an application. So you're going to launch this, and it's going to require an internet connection. Not just because you have to download you know, that application, obviously, uh, but it will require an internet connection because you are streaming the game to your Switch. So what's happening is the game is running on some server somewhere to the service that you are connected to. You have paid for the application. That means that you have paid for the license and the privilege of utilizing that server whenever you want to, as long as it's up and using your bandwidth and your internet connection and everything to then stream the game itself. So it's going to be like Google Stadia or... Uh, was it PlayStation Now? I don't remember which one it was, or like GeForce Now, for example. It's game streaming. You're not playing the game. The game is not natively running on your Switch. There's no added processing power that's running on your Switch. There is a, there's audio and visuals that's on your Switch's screen or on the screen like your TV that you're connected to, and you're using the Switch as a controller to send all of your controls and everything using the internet over to a server somewhere that's actually running the application, like the Kingdom Hearts application, and is doing all the processing and all the horsepower, and it's beaming everything back over to your Switch. Uh, I know very lame and basic way of, of expressing that right there. But that's what it is. Uh, the game itself is not running. So if your internet is not great, you're going to have a bad experience. If your internet connection drops, you're not going to be able to play the game. Uh, if you're out and about and you don't have an internet connection available, you're not going to be able to play Kingdom Hearts on the Switch. Uh, if, you know, even if you're at home, you're playing like portably or something and your internet just goes out maybe for a few hours, like let's say you have a power outage, uh, you can't play Kingdom Hearts on your Switch, unless it's that Melody of Memories and you have it on there, you have it downloaded or you have the cartridge right there. Um, so that's the issue. <laughs> um, I think the thing that makes it bad as well too is that Wi-Fi on the Switch is not super great when it comes down to it. And even if you dock the Switch and you go wired, whether that's with the Switch OLED dock that has native uh, Ethernet in there, or if you use a USB to uh, Ethernet adapter on the original dock, the speed is not that great, although you're not necessarily going to need super high speed on there, but it does help. Uh, it would definitely help with latency, which you would need for this, and there will still be latency on there, but it's... I hate it. I hate it, all right? Because even on top of this as well, too, if you have an Xbox, like an Xbox One, or you have a PlayStation 4, or now even an Xbox Series S, or a Series X, or a PlayStation 5, you can play all the games on there just fine. Like the PS4, for example, you can get Kingdom Hearts, like, all-in-one, or I, I I don't remember the, the collection name, but I think it's all-in-one, where it's every, oh, and Kingdom Hearts 3, I forgot about that. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be in there. So point is, you can play every sing you can buy and play every single Kingdom Hearts game on PS4 or PS5 for like no more than sixty U.S. dollars. 
And I think all these are going to be sold separately on here as well, too. Um, and you're going to get a better experience because it's going to be native. Um, I don't know if this is even going to run at 60 frames per second on the Switch. If the Switch is not going to be doing the processing power and we're relying servers elsewhere, this thing better run at 60 frames per second. It better be smooth. Um, I know the PS3 versions when 1.5 and 2.5 came out on PS3, those ones run at 30 frames. I'm pretty sure they do at least um, from, from what I recall. Um, and that's fine. That's PS3. That's fine. But when it comes to, you know, PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5, again, you, you can you can get... You get a better experience for a more affordable price on there. So for me, I'm I'm not going to be hopping on this. Now I do own Melody of Memories. I do own that on Switch because I think yeah, it's it's going to be great on Switch. You know, it's portable. It's right there. It's great. Uh, but I refuse to own any cloud-based game on the Switch. Now I know shout out to MVG. He was saying like yeah, it's we're probably going to see more of these cloud versions on the Switch because don't think that it's a coincidence or just you know some something funny that Nintendo decided to pull one of the USB ports on the dock and on the new dock they ended up replacing it with a ethernet connection they're probably going to be pushing some more cloud versions of games on there which i'm totally i i don't agree with at all uh not that i disagree with mvg i do think that would happen but i just i hate these cloud like these streamed versions of games on here when i have a console i want the game ported on there i want it to play natively on the system uh, i don't want this cloud business here unless i'm actually paying for a cloud service like if i have like you know like a, a decent or like a crappy laptop or whatever it is and like I end up getting like GeForce Now. I'm aware of what I'm doing. I'm aware that I'm paying a service to stream a game or even Stadia, for example. That's fine. But when I buy an actual console, a PS4, a PS5, an Xbox One, a Switch, whatever it is, I want to play the game natively on there. That's just me. So that's what's been going on there. <laughs> Now, I ended up uh, recently here, I actually did a bit of traveling. Um, I ended up flying on a plane for the first time in about two years at this point, uh, and I ended up going to Canada. Uh, there was a specific reason. Uh, my girlfriend actually lives up in Canada, so I ended up visiting and seeing her, and you know we had a great time and everything, um, to put it lightly, of course. But what happened was, uh, no, the way I did it was, I just kind of wanted to share this because uh, the whole travel experience was interesting. So I've done a little bit of traveling here, um, you know, in the past two years or so, and, and I keep saying that because of, you know, COVID-19 and everything. However, all my travel has really been limited to cars, and I haven't been flying or anything, and when I do go places, I'm making sure to mask up, I'm washing my hands, um, I am, you know, using sanitizer and all that stuff, I keep sanitizer in the car, um, even for my status, I, I am fully vaccinated, so it is what it is there. Um, however, when it comes down to it, I was still kind of, um, I was still just, you know, avoiding planes and stuff. Well, Going to Canada uh, from the U.S., I mean, that's that's going to take a bit of effort and such. And even so, I'm not, like, super close to the border. So driving the whole way would take quite a bit. Uh, so what I did was I kind of ended up doing both. Now, what ended up happening was I ended up flying 
uh, over to Seattle because I could not get a direct flight um, over to Canada where I was trying to go to. Uh, I ended up flying into Seattle and then it was just a few hours up north that I was able to drive. Uh, so I had to look this up and I ended up, you know, flying out to Seattle. I rented a car. I was able to take it into Canada, thankfully. Uh, however, I couldn't just leave it in Canada. So I couldn't even, you know, fly back. Uh, I had to then drive back into Seattle and then fly back home, uh, which is fine as long as I understood everything on there. However, when it comes down to it, uh, because of COVID-19 and everything, uh, this is it's added more complexities to it. So first of all, if you are in an airport or if you're on a plane, uh, regardless of your vaccination status, you have to be masked up constantly. The only times you cannot wear a mask uh, or you don't have to wear a mask are when you're eating or drinking something because that's you know totally understandable and you need to sustain your body. But unless you're eating or drinking anything, you have to stay masked up, which... I'm okay with, but I was just keeping my mask on the entire time there, unless, of course, I was eating or drinking something, and even then I'd keep it, you know, I'd, I'd do it quickly. Now, I ended up going, uh, I flew out to Seattle, and I did stay there overnight because I was thinking this might have been it. Um, there's something, uh, you'd have to check, you know, where you're going, where you're traveling and all that stuff, but when it comes to Canada... It's interesting because um, if you are flying into Canada, so if I flew from Seattle into wherever I was going to Canada, whatever airport it was, uh, you have to provide a negative COVID-19 uh, test result. And it has to specifically be um, like a PCR test, the one that takes, you know, about a day to get back. Um, you can't do the rapid test. You can't do the antigen. It has to be the full test, and it has to be within 72 hours, and it has to be from the point of origin. So that's why if you don't have a direct flight, like let's say you have you know one hop in between like I did, I would have to fly into Seattle, test in Seattle, wait to get a negative result, and then use that negative result to fly into Canada, uh, which is why I was originally staying there overnight. Now, I will say, uh, one dude who has traveled quite a bit, and he actually traveled to Canada, I want to say twice before I even got there, uh, was my friend Adam Korolik. Like, big shout out to Adam Korolik, love the dude. Um, but at first, he was kind of, you know, telling me the lowdown on some things, what to do and all that, recommended where to test and everything. Uh, then he was able to find out some extra stuff, and he even experienced it. And when it comes to driving, it ends up being easier, because when it came down to it, right, and there's, I mean, even the funny thing is there's there's even loopholes in this as well, too. But this is just the facts of how it was and this is how I was able to do it. So if you are driving into Canada, they don't care where you get the test from. I mean, I'm sure it has to be, if you're driving from the U.S., it has to be in the U.S. They just care as long as it is fresh within 72 hours of you trying to enter Canada, drive through the border, which is what I did. So even when Adam found that out, and I checked it on the website, and that is the language that they use, not the exact language, but the point is, like, when you read it there, that is how it is. Like, that's how the status is. And then Adam even tested it himself. It worked out fine. So he was telling me, he's like, dude, just don't waste your time in Seattle with that. Uh, yeah, you're staying overnight there already. You booked it because that's what you were thinking there. Just enjoy Seattle. It's fine. Just enjoy being there overnight. Um, but get your test done at home. Get your test done there, 
Get your negative result. Use that to get into Canada because Seattle's backed up right now. You do not want to get stuck in Seattle for a few days. Like, I mean, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with Seattle. Like, I love Seattle. Don't get me wrong. But that's not my final destination is what I'm saying. So I decided to do that. And I said, you know, I'm probably going to do both kind of a just-in-case measure. Like, I'm going to test at home, and then I'm going to test in Seattle. Adam was saying, you know, you're making it too complicated. It's You don't need to do that. It's fine. Just test at home. Use that. You're done. Um, and big shout out to him for that because what happened was I couldn't even go with my original plan. I did test at home and then the next day or I think the day after, I think it was, no, it was the day after I ended up flying out and originally I went to the airport, I was getting breakfast and then I was going to schedule a test where I was going to go and they, for whatever reason, I could not test at this place. I, I just, they, they weren't taking anyone that day and I looked around and there were a bunch of other places that were open, but they only did the antigen tests, which is, you know, the rapid test you get back in like 15 minutes or an hour or something, which Canada does not accept, unfortunately. So I said, well, crap, uh, I can't even test here if I wanted to. Thankfully, I have this result. And I was telling my girlfriend this and she was like, oh, OK, cool. Like that's she was worried. But when even when I showed her the site and I was just like, hey, this is what it says. This is all from the official Canadian government. This is what they're saying. Like, yep. It, it worked out. So she was like, cool. All right. Uh, hopefully you should be good tomorrow. I said, I'm hoping so. So what happened? Like when I was in uh, Seattle, I kind of just, I, I went to a few places. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm going to enjoy myself. Right. Uh, so I ended up going to a Starbucks reserve and I want to say there's two or maybe three of them because Adam was the one who said, he's like, when you're there, you got to go there. And when you go there, there's going to be a specific drink that you need to get and you need to enjoy it. And I'll tell you what it is when you get there. Um, so, all right, I'm sorry, Adam, I'm going to spoil it for these people. All right. Like I, because look, if you're in Seattle, you go to the Starbucks reserve. This is a fantastic drink to get. If you are, if you have some time to kill, if you're just wanting to relax, enjoy yourself. And especially if you like coffee, it is the Knob Creek bourbon whiskey barrel aged, um, cold brew. That's it. And if you know, if you don't like coffee, you're probably not going to rock with this, right? And there's no alcohol in this. So even if like I, I don't drink, for example, I stopped drinking over a year ago, and I don't think I'm going to like ever again at this point. But if you're worried about alcohol, there's no alcohol in there. If you're wanting food, they have a bunch of really awesome food there as well too. But this is very much a drink. You, you sip it, you enjoy it. It just it tastes so nice. It is so rich. It's one of the, it's probably the best cold brew drink that I've had. And it's incredibly enjoyable. Um, but I ended up getting that and I was just kind of killing time just in there for a few hours because I was waiting for my Airbnb to open up, uh, end up going to my Airbnb, left my stuff there. And then I ended up getting a, um, I had an Orca card. So I was using that to get around as well as Uber. And I was taking, you know, buses, I was taking Ubers, I was taking um, the light rail as well too. And there was a few shops that I went to, like, I went to both Pink Gorilla locations, definitely loved checking those places out. And I wanted to, you know, I, I thankfully I had restraint, I really wanted to get 
um, like it, it just get some, but there was like nothing I really needed there. Um, although I still wanted to support the store and I said, you know what, this is going to be useful as well too. Uh, so I actually ended up getting a switch case, like a case for the console, um, for my girlfriend as a present. Um, so she ended up enjoying that. And it's like, it's a really like thick case too, that allows you to have a lot of stuff in there. So that was really nice. Um, there was also a Japanese bookstore, Kino Kunia, that I went to. Uh, there was another older place like Al's Music Games and Videos. I believe that's what it is. Uh, that place is really cool, too. If you're ever in Seattle and you're in the um, University District, just check that out. A lot of people talk about Pink Gorilla and some other shops. I never see any love for Al's. Al's, not Al's, but um, just going around, I end up getting dinner from somewhere as well, too. And when it was getting kind of late, like really just when it started getting dark, that's when I had like I, you know, went back to the B&B, showered and went to sleep just because I was super tired. And then the next day I ended up getting my rental car and I drove up to Canada and where I needed to go, which was great. Um, a really awesome experience overall. Uh, I will say it's been a while since I've gone through, you know, like a border and border patrol. And I've actually never driven through a border. So um, it was just interesting going through that experience and having them asking, um, you know, like what you're doing here, details, all the other stuff. And I'll admit, like, I was a little bit nervous as well, too. And I kind of just told them because they asked, like, hey, are you nervous? I was like, yeah, I am because, like, I haven't done this in a few years. But, oh, my God, I, I would tell you all this. If you are nervous going through a border, or something yo they will eat at that they will pick at it because they're trying and i understand they're doing their job they're just you know they're trying to see like you know if you're if you're hiding anything if there's anything weird that you're doing uh especially if you're you know being like a mule as well too that's even one question they ask they ask like hey has anybody ended up bringing any um like did they give you any packages that you need to bring and you know of course i said no there so that's that's what was going on over there <laughs> and then honestly for the trip itself it was mostly just my girlfriend and i hanging out going to see a few places getting awesome food as well as um hanging out with her friends as well too just having a good time there and we're like enjoying each other's company in that way because it's very much one of those things you know when you're when you got that physical distance like that and especially when i think the canadian border when did it open up i think it opened up early august so it had been closed to the u.s for you know over a year at that point but especially when that's going on um you really value you know just like offline you know human to human interaction like that so it's very much one of those things like we didn't have anything like grandiose planned like you know taking a trip out here whatever it is i mean maybe the the, the longest trip we did was we ended up driving probably like round trip like three hours or something to go to this one place go to this area get like boba tea and poutine and then like bring it back and that was great but like what i'm saying is there wasn't any like major travel that was planned or really major any major plans which was perfectly fine for the both of us so that was really enjoyable overall and i just got back here you know recently with that as well too a few days ago at least from the time of recording this but that's what ended up happening. So that was the uh, that was the traveling experience I got to have this year, which was uh, or not this year, this this month, excuse me, which was actually it was pretty fun. Um, if you've never been, like if you're in the U.S. and you've never been to Canada, I definitely recommend going. Um, if you're going anywhere like for first time, I'd probably say Toronto is a pretty safe bet uh, for the most part. I've been to the Toronto area several times. I haven't been there since you know COVID hit and everything. Uh, but I've been to the Toronto area several times, and I absolutely love the area right there. So 
Cannot recommend that enough. <laughs> now, kind of a quick thing here, I ended up revisiting the Switch here recently, and not just because I got the Switch OLED model, but I also ended up revisiting the Switch mods as well, too. Uh, not only I helped out uh, one of my friends with his Switch, um, he just kind of had it like it was super outdated. He hadn't messed with the actual mods in a while, so he kind of wanted to just get up to date on the latest and greatest stuff. Uh, but even I actually did this with my own Switch, where um, I do have a, I guess, an original Switch. It's the Arista model. It's my launch model uh, that I got, you know, first day I had the system, uh, first day the system released. The one that I've had RMA way too many times at this point, and it's been fine after that. You know, it's been fine for a while now, for well over a year, thank goodness. Um, but I've now transitioned over to the OLED model. So after using the OLED model for, you know, over a week and all that, and, you know, my data was fine, I wasn't really caring about anything, I said, you know what, I don't need... I don't need any data on the old Switch anymore, uh, and my old Switch, it has this 400 gigabyte micro SD card, uh, and I don't really want to reuse on anything else right now, because I've, you know, used it so much, especially with that Switch, so it's, you know, I'm sure it's somewhat thrashed to a degree, uh, but even so, I think it'd just kind of be a waste to keep this all unused, and I don't really need a secondary Switch, like, you know, just completely stock, so I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead take this thing, uh, boot into, you know, the emergency mode, completely wipe it, like nuke it from orbit, and then I'm going to modify this thing. So I had it on the have it, I should say, I have it on the latest firmware. At the time of recording this, it's 13.0.0. .0 .0, uh, and I just end up going through the process of getting it all modified just from scratch. Uh, so I ended up taking a NAND backup of it or MMC backup, whatever you're going to call it. Uh, used Ikate to do all that. So got it like, you know, just completely wiped, brand new, reset, clean. Um, also the micro SD card, even though I have the XFAT driver enabled. Uh, I did reformat it to FAT32 just to avoid corruption and all that. And I have run into that as well, too. I know there's people who are going to say, which I've been with you all. There's people who are going to say, oh, yeah, uh, I've had XFAT on my Switch for years and it's been fine. Yo, I've been there. And uh, it was specifically when I was running like a while ago when I was running like the Grand Theft Auto 3 port that was on there. Um, what was going on? The like the homebrew port that was made. I, I kept having save corruption on there where my save would just randomly corrupt and all i know is that when i changed the fat 32 the issue went away so that's why i'm even i used to be one of those xfat people but no i go with fat 32 on my switch if i'm modding it so what happened there was i ended up taking the nan backup and everything um had to then back up all my stuff had to then uh, partition the micro sd card because i chose to do a partition uh then restored my MMC from the actual console itself over to the partition that was made, had to restore my data back over to the micro SD card, uh, including the backup as well too, just so I have that on hand. Um, then I have, you know, Atmosphere custom firmware running on there. I'm currently running 1.2.0 pre-release, I want to say. And for whenever I decide to install anything on there, I put signature patches on there as well i think the only thing i've really put on has been retro arch just copy that over got it all ready to go uh, i haven't messed with it in about a day or two uh but the point is on there um 
it, it, it's definitely like switch scene getting it all set up it's definitely come a longer way uh Hikate is much nicer because it has uh nicks on there so you can actually touch the screen as opposed to using the uh you know volume up volume down power button and all that so that's been there for a while of course uh mu mmc is working flawlessly on there and even so if you decide to you know back up your nand a nand backup takes like 15 20 minutes uh creating the mu mmc ends up taking 15 20 minutes there as well too uh, but really just at the beginning if you're going through all those steps like if you just want to take all your files you put them on the micro sd card you just launch into atmosphere on the sysnand and you're ready to rock at that point it doesn't take that long it takes like five or ten minutes but if you're going through the process of you know kind of starting clean uh making sure you have a uh, proper NAND backup, making sure you have a MUMMC, backing everything up off your micro SD card or storing it back over, uh, getting all that stuff done. That's what can take you maybe an hour or two, something like that. And it feels like a lot of steps in the process because it, it kind of is. It's not like the Vita where like Vita Deploy makes everything so much faster and easier. It's not even like the 3DS where you're done within like 10 15 minutes again you can be done on the switch in like 10 minutes if you're just doing everything off the uh like off the sysnand and uh, you don't care about a backup or anything which i i don't advise that um even if you're just gonna run atmosphere off of your system nand uh, make a back like the first thing you need to be doing is making a backup of your system um and i'm not talking about just like backing up your micro sd card contents i'm talking about making an actual nand backup so in case your system ever breaks you can restore it because thankfully the switch scene has like come far enough at this point where if you have a nand backup like you're, you're really all good um if something completely borks your nand you restore it you're good uh even if your nand chip ends up going out on you you can buy a replacement module you can install that on your switch and then you can restore your nand back to that replacement nand module and then you're up and running as long as you have that backup um, there have been sad stories i've seen where people don't have backups or they don't have proper backups or maybe even the saddest one i saw and i think even some of this stuff now you can actually even still kind of rebuild your system in a way there's certain ways to do it uh, so thankfully that's come pretty damn far but maybe one of the saddest stories i saw was there was somebody who they did not make a proper nand backup they ended up bricking their switch in a way and they had another nand backup that they restored to their system and they were saying, well, this other NAND backup is from a working system and it worked just fine, but it won't work on my system. So people are like, okay, well, where's the original NAND backup? They're like, no, no, I don't have one. So it's like, well, dude, your system's toast. At, at least at the time, I'm hoping maybe it's gotten better now. I'm sure somebody who's been deeper into the scene can elaborate on that. But at the time, it's just like, well, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. So ev everything is wiped at that point. Because it's not just that you didn't have a backup of your system, but it's that... You then took another full system backup and restored it onto your console, which will never work. <laughs> so that was um, that was a bit of a disappointing one there. Um, maybe one last thing, which I didn't even have this on the list here of things I was going to talk about, was the Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy, uh, Definitive Editions. Now, this has been maybe the worst kept secret 
related to Grand Theft Auto by far. Um, but in case you don't know, this is a trilogy of the 3D era games. That's what people call them. It's going to be a remaster of 3 Vice City San Andreas. It's going to come out I want to say November 11th. Let me check the dates here. I think it's November 11th, which is odd. That's a Thursday. It's going to come out November 11th digitally on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch. And then physically, it's supposed to come out December 7th. And I believe there's going to be mobile ports for iOS and Android. And that's going to come out next year. Um... And from what I see, the PS5 series versions are going to run up to 4K 60 frames per second, which is great. Um, now, it first of all, just with, with it looking, like, it's very polarizing. I have to say this is the most polarizing remaster I've ever seen. There's people that say this looks incredible, this looks amazing, this is awesome, this is amazing, this is perfect. And there's people that say... This is god-awful, what have they done? Look how they massacred my boy. And, like, I mean, when I saw how fat, like, like, <laughs> uh, who's the dude? Tommy Versetti ended up getting, um, well, I'll put it like this. I, I had sent a screenshot of this to my girlfriend, and she put it best where she said something like, yeah, COVID really did a number on him. Like, he, he definitely gained those pounds, <laughs> but, um, how do I feel about like it looks like they're going for a glossier kind of sort of realistic kind of sort of cartoony look because these games when they came out in you know 2001 2002 2004 they were going for like that PS2 era realistic looking look you know um, which some people just hate how it looks now and I always say it hasn't really aged the best um, but this is kind of like smoother looking it's glossier it's more colorful it's shinier these games I'm sure are going to be fun. I'm just not sure how I feel about the look so far. Um, almost like it looks so shiny. I'm like, this almost looks like Pixar Grand Theft Auto in a way. Um, but I'm sure when I play these, and I know I'm going to play them. They are going to be fun games. I find it odd they're doing the, the digital release like a month early on there. And especially on a Thursday, that's kind of odd. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to double dip or they want the physical version, but they're just not going to be able to wait to do that. So they're going to pick up the digital release on there. I'm sure the Switch version will probably run at 30 frames per second. And then the PS4, PS5, Xbox versions are going to run at 60 frames. Um, that's what I'm predicting on there at least. And we'll see if there's any disparity between 30 and 60 frames per second between, you know, like xbox one and xbox one x or xbox one overall to xbox series and same thing with like ps4 to ps4 pro and then like you know ps4 overall to ps5 uh we're just gonna have to see when it comes to that um i think they're all going to be releasing at 60 bucks and then one thing that was kind of odd is like um i want to say like playstation now or something that's what it's called uh, i think playstation now is going to be getting grand theft auto 3 uh which that's my favorite well that's my all-time favorite game i'm looking forward to that and Xbox Game Pass is going to be getting San Andreas. So I'm not sure why there's the difference there. And um, I guess nobody's going to be getting Vice City because Nintendo sure as hell is not going to be giving out anything like that. But the disappointing thing when it comes to this overall is that I talked about this on last episode of, like last one's episode of Mon Chat, is just kind of a, a dampener overall. Uh, Take-Two, which is Rockstar Games' parent company, 
they killed a lot of really awesome community stuff for these games to happen. Um, this is also part of why it just felt like this was such a shitty way of unofficially confirming this. They started taking down a lot of 3D era related mods. Um, just sending like DMCA takedowns to like, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas mods, even like Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto 5 mods that end up bringing uh, like Carcer City from Manhunt, for example, Liberty City, Vice City, San Andreas that end up putting like elements of those games into the newer games or even switching them between other games. A lot of those mods died. And maybe the biggest one is the RE3 project, which if you don't know, it is a reverse engineering effort for Grand Theft Auto 3 in which Grand Theft Auto 3 and even Vice City were pretty much fully reverse engineered. And it was because of that project, that's why we end up getting official or I should no, excuse me, unofficial homebrew ports of um, Vice City and Grand Theft Auto 3 on the Switch, on I believe the 3DS, on the Vita, but even on PC, uh, they were able to pretty much recompile an open source executable and re-implement this. So uh, it's not only just like, you know, you had an open source version of the game that was running in a way as long as you brought your assets over, but you also had so many fixes that were in there as well too and so much better mod support uh, because these games are like if you go out and you get Grand Theft Auto 3 on Steam and you try and play it on like a modern PC like install Windows 10 Windows 11 there's gonna be a lot of issues that you're gonna run into uh, unless you do a bunch of tweaks you install a bunch of mods or you can just literally put the executable for RE3 and the settings in there and you're ready to rock at that point not only that project was taken down but a lot of the developers behind it are actually being sued by take two um and, and even if you're completely removed from the mod scene on there, you can no longer get those original games digitally. So on Xbox, on PlayStation, and on the Steam storefronts, uh, and I guess Rockstar Games launch as well too, you can no longer buy the original Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, or San Andreas. And some people might be saying, oh, well, you, you just said that they're broken on there. That's true, but there's ways that you could fix them up, or even if you just run them on an older system, like if you have like a Windows 7 setup or something, you can still play them on there, um, but that's been completely removed. So the only way you can now play those, like download those, is if you have access to an account, like for example, my Steam account, I do have those games digitally purchased on there, so I can always re-download them, at least I would hope so. Uh, or if you have the physical versions of them as well, too. So I have Grand Theft Auto 3 on Xbox, PS2. I even have it on PC. So I'm not worried about that. But I, I just... That's the downside of it all to me. Um, is that a lot of stuff died. And even there's literally people who are getting sued. Because of, you know... Because of the love that people had for these original games and this original trilogy. So... I guess we'll see how it officially plays out. I guess one big thing overall is that, I, for positive for this, we'll see. It does seem to have revamped, you know, more modern Grand Theft Auto V style controls and aiming systems. So we'll see how that goes. But even so, I think that will probably appeal quite a bit to a younger audience that did not grow up with these games. Uh, for me, I did grow up with them, and I do revisit them somewhat regularly as well, too. Like in the past year, I have played Grand Theft Auto Three and San Andreas for sure. Not 100% sure about Vice City. I think I dabbled with it a little bit. Let's just say I have. So I have played these games here. No, I did actually. Yeah. 
all these games are what I'm saying. I've played them in their original forms, like in the past year, and I can adapt to them and I can grow with them. Like I get that. But if you're somebody like if you're, I don't know, maybe like 13, 14 years old, um, you might not have even played Grand Theft Auto 3. So going back to that, where you have a character that can't even swim, like, oh, that's going to be a big one as well, too. I wonder if Claude will be able to swim. We'll see. But I'm sure a lot of people are going to be disappointed to see that Claude is just completely silent. So, yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, so for our last topic here, sorry, we're going to be bypassing the uh, the game store stories here uh, just because I didn't realize I didn't have a story lined up until just now, like 10 seconds ago. But on top of that, we're also getting to, you know, close to an hour. So I want to talk about, you know, the thing I do talk about at the end of these episodes, uh, which is what games I'm currently playing. So Right now, I end up just grabbing my Switch just to see what was going on here, but I've ended up playing a little bit of What the Golf. Uh, my girlfriend and I actually were playing that and were enjoying it, although getting to par on some of those courses is pretty challenging, to say the least. Uh, I did pick up Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Uh, I have played the original one, at least the unofficial Switch port, and I enjoyed it quite a bit on there, so I've barely gotten into it on uh, the Switch here, like the official version of it. Um... And I can't really say much else about it, because if I share too much about it, I'm going to start spoiling it. But I, I can at least factually say that's where I'm at with it. Now, the one game I did end up finishing this month was actually Panzer Dragoon Remake. I ended up playing it on the Switch, and I actually started and finished it on a plane ride. It is pretty short. You can finish it within an hour, maybe two hours. And it's really cool, because uh, it's... I, I mean... I enjoy the original Panzer Dragoon, but I will say the remake did a fantastic job of really just capturing the original Panzer Dragoon and still capturing the fun factor of it and everything and paying a large amount of respect to the game as well, too. It's also really cool because when you unlock it, you end up getting the Pandora's box mode where once you have Pandora's box available, you have to enter a cheat code at the beginning, and you end up getting a full cheat menu and cheat system setup, so that increases the replay value even further, which is awesome. Now, I was playing it on the Switch, and the cool thing is, if you have it on the Switch, um, make sure you get the latest patch for it, because there's actually quite a few quality of life enhancements on there, as well as a performance mode. So, unfortunately, because it is the Switch, you're not able to stay locked at this, but it will unlock the frame rate and take you up to 60 frames per second, as opposed to just capping it at 30 frames. So that's how I was playing it. I was playing it portably. I was playing it on my Switch OLED, and it was great on there as well, too. And then I also end up starting The Outer Worlds on Switch, which I will say kind of ugly looking, right? Like I've played on Xbox One X. I enjoyed it quite a bit there. But I will say, if I'm just bringing it around portably, I don't have an internet connection, looking at you, Kingdom Hearts, but I don't have an internet connection, and I just want to play it offline on my Switch, um, it's pretty enjoyable. I mean, it's still the same game and everything, and I was actually impressed at what they were able to compress down to it, but at the same time, I'm I'm not even going to front. It is, it is ugly looking on the Switch. Uh, and then, of course, I've also been playing Ring Fit Adventure, so even though I did beat that game, I'm kind of doing the New Game Plus thing in a way, and that is, I mean, that is how I work out. Um, even at this point, like, I, because of COVID last year, I end up canceling my gym membership, and I just started doing Ring Fit, and even now that, you know, I'm kind of still, you know, going out, traveling a bit, um, you know, I also, I'm working in an office as well too. Um, 
what I do is even when I'm out, like I will just like, I'm not saying like out like randomly enjoying myself, but like, for example, if I'm at work, uh, I will bring my ring fit setup because I bring my switch with me, but I bring my ring fit setup and I just, you know, find a spare room and just do my workout in there. As long as, you know, everything is clean and all that stuff, it's fine. But yeah, I'd say that's been worth it between that and just walking my dog, Lily. It's all been great. <laughs> So those have been the games that I've been playing at least in the past month or so. I think there's probably been some others. I know I was playing a little bit of, I have the PS5 and like, I'm just trying to think, like I'm blanking on even the stuff that I've played on there. Uh, I do know we actually started playing Splitgate, which I was told, uh, no, I actually, I think we talked about it on the last episode. It was uh, Mod Shop and I, where Splitgate, it, People sold it to me as Halo with portals, and I'll say, man, it is it is just good, solid Halo 2, Halo 3 style combat with portals. That's what it is, so that's been fun, and I played a little bit, just like a little bit, the first bit of uh, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered on PS5, you know, through PS4 backwards compatibility, and uh, what can I say, it's... Small for two remastered. <laughs> um, I I think I played the first like level or two, and I was like, okay, cool, we're all good. And then I did something else. Uh, so that's what I've been playing here recently. I, I've actually been pretty busy offline, so I haven't been able to play as much as I would like to. But it's all been good. There's been fun stuff that's been going on. So yeah. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. I want to say, you know, I appreciate you all for listening and watching and really just tuning in, you know, whether this is your first episode or whether you've been here for a bit, I I really appreciate it. And, hmm, now I need to pick a keyword of some kind. And I'm just kind of looking around and I'm trying to, you know, figure something here. How about... You know, because we've been we've been talking about this, uh, well, more a remaster, but because I talk about this game here at the end, how about the word remake? Uh, have you played Panzer Dragoon Remake? Do you prefer remakes as opposed to remasters? When looking at the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, would you rather them all be uh, remade from the ground up as opposed to just remastered the way they are? If you use the word remake in a sentence or if you just use it in a comment on the youtube upload of this episode of mario's minutes when i'm going through the comments and i do uh, i will know that you will have made it to the end again if you use the word remake in your comment anyways that is about it for this episode of mario's minute again i hope you all enjoyed this episode i hope you had a little bit of fun here it's been fun hanging out with you all and you know until next month